to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who likes to get up real early in the morning. You know, let's not factor in that he has a kid. Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. And the early stuff, I don't know if it's exactly by choice, like you said, but um, I'm uh, I'm doing rather well. I'm uh, I'm talking some early morning baseball and, you know, let's just get to it. Can't wait. How are you doing? Well, um, you know, it's an off day and I'm not normally up this early. Um, for those of you that don't know, Bo and I have to get a morning podcast episode in because I will be traveling starting uh, about mid-afternoon on Thursday because I am going over to Bose to see the All-Star game. So um, we're both excited for that. I I know you were telling me, Bo, that um, you could barely get through work yesterday. Uh, yeah, having a hard time focusing, man. Getting ready for, uh, yeah, I mean, just getting ready for, for the festivities that will be the All-Star game this weekend. And um yeah, no, just very excited for uh, I think they've done a lot to, for the city down there to kind of clean up and all that. So it'll be very fun to see and very uh, I think I guess a good, very good experience. I went for the All-Star game in 2015 for the Reds. Um, so I'm kind of seeing how the experience differs. But uh, man, I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to get through work and, uh, you know, get through uh, the next two days and uh, just watch the watch the festivities. So looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. Um, it's going to be my first All-Star game, and um, I don't think I'd have it any other way being with two of my best friends, with Bo and friend of the show, Cody Usman. Um, they're both going to be there, and we're just we're going to have tons of fun. So like I've been kind of hinting on the last couple podcasts, you know, you'll have to check out our social media. Bo and I will both have access to – our Facebook and Instagram will probably post a few different things um, that we see or, um, you know, whatever at the festivities. There's so many festivities, by the way, there's the all-star game. There's the home run derby. There's the futures game. We're going to be at all of them. Uh, we got tickets to play ball park at Lumen field, which is like, there's autograph signings. There are different booths, uh, booths there. There's so much different stuff. So, um, Bo and I have an action-packed week, but we're here this morning to bring you, you know, the best Mariners podcast that we can, and we've got a little bit to talk about. That Giant series was actually not a bad series. You know, Mariners were able to take two or three, but before we get into any of that, I want to tell you guys, hey, thank you for coming back and listening to the Porks Down podcast. Um, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. You know, uh, this is episode 51. We're having fun. We're bringing you Mariners content. You guys are um, listening to it. Um, we had a big milestone kind of hit at the same time last week. Um, you know, episode 50. Well, not last week, last episode. Um, episode 50 hit and we hit 3,000 listens. So um, for all of you that have kept returning to listen to us, we very much appreciate it. It's cool to see. Um, you know, and if you're a first time listener, Hey, thanks for choosing forks down. And, um, hopefully we're your new Mariners, uh, baseball talk podcast. Um, I know there's a few out there and I know we're probably not the best, but, um, you know, Bo and I have fun, uh, a little different spin on things because, you know, I kind of live outside of Seattle and Bo, um, 
lives in Seattle, so we'll kind of take our, our views from that. But, um, you know, thanks for choosing us, and hopefully you stick with us if we as we give you really good Mariners baseball talk. Um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Just search Forks Down Podcast. You'll find us. You'll find our logo. Um, our message boxes are always open. Hit us with messages. Um, ask us questions. If you want a question asked on air, tell us. We'll ask it, you know, between one or the other of us. And uh, if you haven't already, also, on your podcast listening app, go hit uh, like and subscribe. You'll get notified when new episodes drop, you could probably rate us one to five stars. If you give us five stars, that'd be great. Um, it drives us up the charts. Um, gets us a little more visibility at the top of the charts, especially when you type things in like Mariners. So, um, you know, do that for us and we'll continue to give you the best Mariners content. So with all that being said, Bo, that every week that's uh, getting to be more and more of a tongue twister. Very, very much. Hey, you do it well, though. You do it well, though. I wouldn't notice. There you go. <laughs> Let's get into Mariners modes, Bo. Um, I, I want to start with the two biggest because um, on, after Sunday, Luis Castillo was the only um, Mariners all-star named, which w- didn't come as a shock. Um, but I think it was after Wednesday's game, or yeah, before Wednesday's game, after Wednesday's game, Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby were named to the All-Star team. I got my wish. I wanted George Kirby on the All-Star team, and he made the All-Star team. I am freaking pumped. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it I think it did come on the 4th of July. So, like, I think if, if I'm trying to think of, like, the best Mariner 4th of Julys, right, like, this would probably ranks right up there. Like, uh, both Julio replacing, I guess, the fact that Julio was placing Jordan Alvarez as well. That kind of makes me feel rather good um and then yeah obviously kirby replacing mclanahan so um yeah no this was uh this was very exciting news we've talked about julio before whether or not he should make the team and maybe based upon his merit or based upon his season thus far he probably i don't know i guess you could say I guess, over, overall value side of things yeah he probably could and maybe should have made the team but i think certainly from the offensive side maybe probably didn't do enough but hey um like we said uh, it's an exhibition game in Seattle. Um, you know, I'm more than happy that Julio is going to be on the team. And I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing for the city of Seattle, especially to have, um, you know, these two guys there now. And George Kirby, absolutely deserving of everything that he's gotten and everything that he's going to be on the team for. Right. Like just been just been our best starter of the year, even though Logan Gilbert was trying to make a case for it on this same Fourth of July day. But um mm-hmm. No, very happy for for all these guys that they're making the team, and I think it bodes well for for the Mariners and you know certainly their future having you know two young stars, um, you know making the team. Yep, yep, and I, I, uh, I told you, uh, pretty candidly the other day that if George Kirby made it, I might have to go buy one of those All Star jerseys, and you countered with, well, if he makes the team, then I might have to buy all the Mariners All Star jerseys which is going to blow my mind if that happens, but good, good for, good for Julio, but really, really deserving of George. I, uh, I can't wait to see him. Um, even if he doesn't pitch, um, I think it's looking like he might not pitch just because we've got one more series left, but him just making the all-star team makes me happy. So way to go, George, way to go, Julio. And then obviously way to go, Luis. So, um, 
if you guys didn't notice, uh, for Wednesday's game, the fifth, um, Mariners called up Tommy Malone. He started Wednesday's game, which we're going to talk about, but it kind of <clears throat> made a centric, uh, situation pretty interesting because Darren, help me out here, Darren. Darren McCacken. McCacken. Thank you. I always forget it's pronounced like that. Darren McCacken was came up or had came up for Tuesday's game. Um, he ended up getting sent down. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people were very confused why he came up on Tuesday. I think the simple answer was he was supposed to pitch on Tuesday and be an extra arm in the bullpen. And old Walter Logan Gilbert uh, gave the Mariners a Fourth uh, of July gym. Yeah, no, I think that was the. I think that you're. I think you're 100 right. I think uh, the Mariners they didn't want to with you know, that's a, it's a long road trip now, right? Now you go directly into Houston. So like you just need bullpen arms. And I think the idea was just to stretch McCacken out as long as possible. But um, the Mariners didn't need that. Logan Gilbert was anything and everything the Mariners needed on Tuesday. And yeah, that's ultimately why McCacken got uh, McCacken got sent back. So um, they had a different option that they could do there with uh, Tommy Malone on the, on the Wednesday game. So it worked out pretty well. Oh, it definitely did. Um, I, I'm glad McCacken came up. Um, I'm glad we didn't have to use him because that meant, you know, Walter was pitching a gym there. But, um, you know, Tommy Mullen didn't even have a bad start on Wednesday. Just kind of another Mariners slog on offense, which we'll, we will get to. So, um, Pat Velika, who, former Rocky, he was in the Mariners uh, system. I think he was in Tacoma. Um, was recently traded to the Dodgers. Uh, it doesn't look like we got any prospects back. It looked like a cash deal there, Bo. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's still kind of unknown what all be involved there. Probably end up just being a, a cash deal. But I think with uh, DJ Gregorius arriving in Tacoma, um, Pat Valika became pretty expendable um, and really wasn't going to get a shot in the major leagues with the Mariners. So um, just made sense for the Mariners to try to move him and you know give him a shot somewhere else. So. I think the I think the note from I think the note from this besides you know Flake moving is that I think this means that Didi Gregorius is is imminent or going to be soon I think eventually or an option for the Mariners I think sooner rather than later so I think that's the that's the noteworthy part of this yeah yeah and we're if we're talking about players that could be soon available the Padres just released Nelson Cruz um, he was hitting around two fifty for the season so it kind of kind of came as a surprise. It looks like the Padres moved on because they kind of want someone a little more dynamic. Uh, Nelson Cruz's speed's not really there anymore. He's kind of turned into Albert Pujols' his old age. Um, <laughs> you know, not being able to leg out certain things. So, um, but do you think it's realistic that the Mariners could bring back Nelly Cruz? Or do you think Mike Ford did enough on July 4th to kind of say, hey, I, I don't know if we need Nelson Cruz? Yeah, I'm... Yeah, the way I'm feeling is Mike Ford is uh, kind of taking the reins of the Mariners' designated hitter here. Um, so it's, yeah, it's difficult for me to see Nelly Cruz coming back, just given how good Mike Ford has been. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if Mike Ford stumbles here over the next couple of weeks, maybe by the end of the month, maybe they see it as an option. But Nelly Cruz might also get picked up someplace else. But um, I don't see him as an immediate I just don't see him as a media option right now. I don't know if you have a different thought, but uh, yeah, I feel like with Mike Ford doing as well as he has, I think it just makes sense to just uh, 
let new let Nelly Cruz go find someplace else. Well, imagine this, Bo. We sign Nelly Cruz and we DFA AJ Pollock. That is, I mean, that's an option. You know, Pollock did Pollock did look somewhat better in this series, so there's there is something out there. But um, yeah, I, I I guess where I'm feeling is like you're kind of carrying two DHs at that point. Nelson Cruz can't really play the outfield. Um, and I think that's fine, but the Mariners, the Mariners also need just a deeper bench. And, um, I, uh, I don't know if Nelson Cruz is the answer there, but, uh, you know, AJ Pollock is obviously, I mean, he again had a better series this time around, but AJ Pollock's obviously also not the answer. It seems like right now as well. So you can make a case that, you know, what are we getting differently with Nelson Cruz? So, um, but, uh, yeah, I guess where I'm going from is just like I would rather have like a somebody that's a bench piece that um, you know can play a little bit more often than AJ Pollock. But uh, if the Mariners think that they're missing a piece of that leadership, whatever you know that leadership sprinkle that they need or that team chemistry sprinkle that they think Nelson Cruz can add to the team, then then you know what, go for it. I just think um, I just think Mike Ford is doing everything you need right now from a productivity side, and uh, <clears throat> you know I just don't see a place for Nelson Cruz on the lineup. Hey, Mike Ford played some first base. Ty France sit out a couple games, so that's true. He's got that's some true. versatility there, first base DH. But <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Nelly Cruz's next move is. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he potentially retires. I mean, he's getting up there in age. He's uh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, Bo. I think he made his debut in 2005. So that's that's like 18 years of baseball right there. Uh, 2005. Yep. 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 So he's uh, he's been at it for a long time. Uh, he is only I think he's only I think he's like 30 something home runs short of 500. So um, I don't think he'll probably get into the Hall of Fame or just given his steroid background, but um, or his, you know, the, the suspension background that he had. But he is close to that. So maybe it's something he wants to. Uh, keep on trying to pursue who knows so we'll see you know what mariners sign him let's let's get him those 30 home runs let's uh let's get him to 500 home runs and maybe if we do that he goes into the mariners or the hall of fame as a mariner so there you go there you go <laughs> but let's get into uh mariners giants because i i had um outside of game three had a lot of fun watching this series um Game one, they had to kind of come back. Um, Brian Wu had a good start, um, but uh, Jose Caballero was kind of the savior um, in the ninth inning, pinch running. Um, but let's let's go to Brian Wu first here. Brian Wu went six innings, gave up three hits, two runs, two earned runs, uh, had two base on balls, seven Ks, did give up one home run. Uh, it seems like every every outing he's bringing his ERA down, which is very good to see. Yeah, he just uh, continues this this string of good young Mariner pitching, and um, I think especially after what his first start was against the Rangers, it's just been I think it's been mostly all positive since then, right? And uh, he's doing it with the fastball, and his fastball I wouldn't say is as elite as maybe Bryce Miller's is, um, but. Uh, he has some other pitches that he's able to kind of mix in there with the two seamer and the kind of the cutter as well as the slider. And I think he has a changeup as well. So like, 
I think in this game in particular, he got whiffs on I got everything besides the changeup. So I mean, he's he's mixing in he's mixing in all his pitches, right? And I think that's a I think that bodes well for just his pitch mix. I think in the future, and you know, if he gets more better feel for the for all his other you know secondary stuff, right? You could see him. I think conceivably. I mean, maybe not to the level of George Kirby, but George Kirby has a number of pitches, right? And um, I don't quite remember Kirby's pitch mix from like early last year, but um, I would, I could definitely see Brian Wu, you know, coming along, having better feel for his secondary stuff, and then you know, kind of dropping the usage of that fastball and increasing the rest, and you know, really becoming a, I would say, another great option for us out of the out of the starting rotation. So this game was, um, you know, I think good for him. Um, and we're not seeing a whole lot of command issues with him as well. So, um, I think it's just, uh, it's all, all positive for Brian Wu right now. You know, a big question that's coming up by a lot of Mariners fans and a lot of speculation. Um, Brian Wu, this is the most he's pitched in a year. Um, and I know we've kind of talked about it before, but you know, he's, he's looking better every time he go out, goes out on the mound. Where do we limit him? Like, do we make a change in the second half and, and move him to the bullpen, or do we give him a few more starts before we do that? I, I just don't, you know, unless he's traded, I really don't realistically see him going down. Um, even when Bryce Miller's back and, um, do, you know, we don't even know what's going to happen when Marco's going to come back. I just don't see him going down, though. Um, you know, if he stays up, do you think he's going to be a part of the bullpen? Um, I could see him probably being a part of the bullpen. I do think it's just an option that they just shut him down. Like they just, um, I don't quite know exactly what that all will look like. Right. If they have to do option him to Tacoma, right. If they just entirely want to shut him down. Cause I think you have some, you know, pretty important bullpen innings there. And Brian Wu could be an option out of the bullpen. I don't think that's wild to think that but i think the mariners also are just very cognizant of his innings pitched and he is somebody that had tommy john surgery in 2021 i believe so you just want to be overly cautious with him and i think um you know he's looked like uh, a top tier pitcher at this point and his trade value i'll just put that out there is also very high so you just you just don't want to do a whole lot to like damage that i think right now so I think like August is what I heard. Maybe you've heard the same of like, that's when they're thinking about, they'll probably shut him down and then see where they're at with Marco. And some of it might depend on that as well as when Marco or um, they have a better option that the, in the starting rotation will come as well. But um, yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to have to shut down Wu in some, in some way, shape or form kind of in, in August. And I don't know if that's going to mean entirely into the bullpen. Um, but uh yeah, I just don't think they can really afford, I think, to kind of put more innings on the arm, especially with just this first kind of full year in the majors this year. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely on Wu Watch. I want to I wanna know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I just – I know realistically he's not starting in September. So, um, kind of moving on to our other pitchers that, that we saw on Monday. Ty Adcock came in, nether inning pitch, didn't really – give up any hits didn't strike anyone out didn't walk anyone but looks good his era is still 0.00 which is good uh andres munoz picks up the win um he gave us one inning pitch struck out two um kind of a nice bounce back from him after um you know getting shelled 
uh, a couple days back. And then Paul Seawald came in. Uh, not a great outing for Paul Seawald. Um, went an inning, gave up four hits, three runs, three earned. Struck out two. Did give up a three-run home run to Blake Sabul. It was his second home run of the game. But, um, you know, the Mariners came out of it with a 6-5 victory, which was uh, it was good to see. One game closer to 500. Um, offensively, uh, pretty decent night. Mariners ended up getting 10 hits. Um, of the people that started, Kelnick, Suarez, oh, excuse me, Cal, and Dylan Moore were the only ones not to get a hit. Um, but the big, the big winner of this game and, and potentially the series, you know, um, I, I would almost call him the MVP of the series if it, if uh, Logan Gilbert didn't do what he did on 4th of July. But Mike Ford, two for three, um, had one base on balls, did strike out once. But uh, his hit in the ninth ended up, uh, I think it was a hit, ended up setting up the Mariners uh, coming back and scoring. Um, he gets on. Jose Caballero comes in and pinch runs and steals two bags. Um, like like you were saying earlier, Mike Ford is is doing everything right to kind of cement himself, at least currently, as the Mariners' DH. Definitely. I mean, getting getting timely hits, um, drawing walks, um, you know, having, you know, putting the ball in the air and getting out of the park. Like he's just, uh, yeah, he's being the, the designated hitter that the Mariners didn't really think that they really needed. Right. Um, mm-hmm. or that they, you know, maybe that they didn't really think that they needed or that they were going to cycle through players. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, no, just, uh, he's just been such a key contributor over the last I mean, since he's been called up and I hope it continues. Right. Um, you know, I, this might just be also just a hot streak at this point, but you know what? I, I do hope it continues. Um, mm-hmm. we'll see. I think he's been rewarded with a couple of rises up in the, in the, in the lineup. So it's been positive to see as well, but, uh, yeah, no, especially in this game, you know, getting that big hit. And then I think you mentioned it earlier, um, you know, being able to being able to take Mike Ford out and, pinch run him with one of the fastest guys on the team, Caballero as well. Right. Just, uh, just a winning combination there to help, um, you know, move Caballero around and get that team moving in the ninth. Yep. There, there was a whole lot of good to see in that ninth inning, the top of that ninth. Mike Ford gets a hit to start it off. Caballero comes in, steals second base without a throw. Like that was good. And then steals third base on what was a heck of a read. You know, Mariners have had, um, I would say quite a bit of trouble on the uh, base paths this year. Um, some some blunders, but uh, this is certainly not one of them. Caballero did good. Gets two stolen bases in the ninth. Um, both Julio and JP come up with big hits uh, in the ninth. And Julio ends up getting a stolen bag in the ninth as well. His 20th stolen bag of the season. So, you know, I think he's at, what is it, 15 home runs, 14 home runs. Um, he's almost to a 2020 season. I mean, we're not quite uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. there, who's just tearing it up in Atlanta. But um, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for a 30-30 season. He could be on the cusp if he can kind of find his power stroke um, in the second half to be on a 40-40 season. He's going to have 40 stolen bases. But uh, it comes down to can he 
kind of find his his groove again at the plate and, and get the long ball. So Yeah, I think uh I think Julio's on the verge of you know, I, I think he's getting close to kind of getting he's I mean, we saw parts of it this week. I mean parts of the series, we've seen bits of it here and there. I think Julio is I think Julio is trending in the the right direction to, towards some sort of revert back to what he was last year. I think, I think we are, I think we're getting pretty close to it. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think we'll see how he comes out of the home run derby. I think maybe a positive sign, right. Is that he's been hitting a lot of ground balls still. And who knows, maybe the home run derby will help him find his home run swing and elevate a little bit more. So, but hopefully he doesn't hurt himself again. Let's just put it that way. Um, so uh, yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a decent chance that we're on the verge of kind of seeing a, um, your 2023 breakout of, of Julio, I think um, more so than we've already had. So uh, very positive in this, in this game to, I think, see everything he was able to do um, get the RBIs and yeah, that top of the ninth inning, I think after kind of what was a pretty good start from Logan Webb, Right. Logan Webb. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think Logan Webb, I think he caught us. I think he had, yeah, I think he had 13 called strikes on us. Right. Like he was doing, uh, he was doing a lot, 13 called strikes just on the slider alone. Like he was, uh, he was painting and looking pretty good. So the fact that we were able to kind of get to, I guess, especially Camilo Duvall, right. Was also very positive for us in that, in that ninth inning. I, yeah, it's, it's really weird seeing the Mariners kind of tee off on Camilo Duvall who's been a very, very good pitcher for the Giants this season. Um, you know, very. there's a big reason he's the only Giants all-star currently. You know, he he comes in, he shuts the game down, and, you know, on to the next. But uh, he kind of had a scary moment in the ninth because Ty France, well, maybe it wasn't so scary, but Ty France came and um, batted for Dylan Moore in the ninth, and uh, he got hit. <laughs> I mean, he's he's really approaching. He's only been on the team for a couple years, but he's approaching the Mariners team record and hit by pitches. You know, I think Edgar's the only one in front of him right now, but always scary when you see Ty Moore or Ty Moore, Ty France get hit. So, uh. yeah, he's uh, I mean, he took a couple days off, right? I think it was after this. Yeah, after the collision. So, like, I think he's, yeah. I think Ty France just a little banged up right now. So I think he's just probably, probably much needed some time off come up coming for the, for the all-star break for Ty France. So, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, uh, he set out Tuesday and Wednesday's game. It does sound like he's going to be available for the start of the Astro series. So, um, you know, hopefully he's feeling a little bit better after that collision. So moving on to Tuesday's game. Um, America. That's, that's, uh, that's all I got to say. Our boy, Joey Chestnut, doing work at the hot dog eating contest. And our boy, Mike Ford, uh, doing work on the baseball field. Um, Mike Ford was a triple away from the cycle on Tuesday. If he would have, you know what? Darn. I think we could have saw a triple if he would have <laughs> hit it out to the triangle. Okay. That is right center, man. I. If it was hit there, if he got enough of the ball and hit it there, we would have saw a cycle by Mike Ford on 4th of July. And it was his birthday. His birthday right. falls That's on right. July 4th. So, you know, all around, Mike Ford was having a heck of a day on Tuesday. 
man it yeah it was quite it was quite the day that was uh no what a game and uh well i mean what can you say about him right we've continued to sing his praises but um yeah i mean the homer in this game the double the single i mean i think it was four hits total right like uh mm-hmm. um just continues to do just continues to what like what a surprise right like i think when the mariners i mean there was the option of the mariners were basically gonna let him go all right or they're just gonna give him a spot and uh you know he's he, if he he can't really go back to Tacoma at this point so like at this at this point it's like the mariners are gonna have to get rid of him so yep. um yeah just ride this out while he's there and uh it seems like the right decision at the time i think there was some i think we were kind of wondering if it was the right move to kind of bring mike ford up but we also kind of thought hey let's give him a run and see what happens and you know yep. we're seeing the benefits from that so yeah and again, he kind of forced his own hand. Yeah. He told the Mariners, either release me or bring me up, you know? So that's what it, they did. And it's uh, kind of benefiting them, you know? Um, Mike Ford was one of four Mariners on Tuesday to have multi-hit games. J.P. Crawford in the leadoff spot went three for four, had a run, a walk, did strike out once. Um, Julio went two for five, had an RBI. Um, and then Pollock at the bottom of the lineup in the nine hole, two for four, had two runs, had two RBIs, uh, brought his average up to a paltry one, six, seven, but, um, yeah, they, uh, offensively looked, uh, looked pretty good. If you don't look at runners in scoring position, uh, runners in scoring position, two for 11, 10 people left on base, but, um, 13 hits, five, five runs or excuse me. Six runs out of that, um, and yeah, only what was it? Only nine strikeouts. So pretty, uh, pretty good offensive outing for the Mariners. Yeah, no, this was. Uh, I don't know how you felt, but I thought that these first two games were just very reminiscent of the Mariners of old, right? We're winning a run one ball game, winning a tight one on um, the Monday game, and then this just looked like. Um, yeah, the 22-22 Mariners, I thought, in this game. Um, you know, solid pitching with uh, you know, timely hits from a couple guys and, um, you know, good game from Julio in this one again, right? So, like, uh, yeah, I thought that this just looked like, this looks like the Mariners that we've been kind of waiting for, I thought, in these uh, in these two games anyways from the, um, from the Giants series. So, yeah, I liked it. Yep. Now, like I said earlier, Mike Ford probably would have been the MVP of the 4th of July. It's his birthday. He goes 4 for 5. We've got a little guy by the name of Logan Walter Johnson. <clears throat> and he pitched a heck of a game. Let me give you a f- his final stat line. Nine innings pitched. Only gave up five hits. Zero runs, which means zero earned runs. Zero base on balls. Seven Ks. Brought his ERA down under four because it was sitting about 408 before the game. Um... <clears throat> Where do you rank this on, you know, historical um, Mariners games pitched? I mean, obviously above those are probably going to be Felix's perfect game, Randy Johnson's perfect um, perfect game, a couple of his no-hitters, maybe Chris Bozio's no-hitter. But um, where do you rank this on, on Mariners games? Because um, it was just – it was phenomenally pitched. Yeah, this was one of the – 
yeah, this is one of the better Mariner games in recent memory that I can remember, right? Like I, uh, there's probably some glaringly obvious ones that I'm just immediately forgetting, right? But um, I think certainly over Logan Gilbert's career, um, this I think ranks um, right up there. And um, like I said, there's probably some other glaringly obvious ones from the Mariner side that I'm just forgetting, but um I think the fact that this was on 4th of July, this was, you know, during our um, all-star game season, the same time that Julio and Kirby got announced to the all-star team. I think that this is going to be very memorable for, I think Mariners fans. Um, But uh, yeah, I'd certainly put it up there. I would say, I would say right, probably right now, like a top 10 performance, right? Like we can, we should rank those sometime. That's a off season. No, let's do that. Let's do that. So, um, but yeah, maybe a top 10 performance, I would say, um, without doing a lot of other digging, but, um, yeah, I think this was a, just a phenomenal performance and just, um, you talk about, we talk about pitch mix and, um, you know, mixing up your different pitches and Logan d- did it in this game in particular, right. Was a little less fastball heavy and, you know, threw the slider and the splitter some more. And, um, yeah, he had, uh, he had whiffs, I think, all over the board. I think most whiffs with a slider in this game, but um, yeah, he got called strikes plus whiffs on every single pitch that he had. So it was just everything was clicking for him in this game. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know how you're feeling, but like I'm slowly feeling that Logan Gilbert is becoming more of a, I don't know, I do want to say maybe more of a, I don't want to say an ace option, but a true number number two option, I feel like, right? Just given, I know that he's had some ups and downs, but I feel like he is a pitcher that he is very much working on it and getting better as he's going along. Yes, he's had some, I think, some ups and downs with a couple of his other starts, giving up a lot of runs, giving up, you know, zeros the next game, but, um, or, you know, less than runs than for the previous start, but I feel like he's kind of coming into his own and I don't know how, are you feel, kind of feeling the same or what are you thinking about Logan and Gilbert at this point? I think he's absolutely coming in his own. Um, you know, his ERA is a little bit up because he does have a couple starts here and there that, you know, he gets kind of shelled, but, um, you know, he's looking good. It's so hard to say he's the true number two starter. Or he's looking like a true number two starter because we've got so many good pitchers. You know, I think any uh, any ball club in the league would, or you know, kind of look at the Mariners and be like, I kind of wish they had their pitching staff. Because even the young guys, Bryce Miller and Brian Wu coming up, they're not looking bad. They're looking pretty good. Bre- Bryce Miller was off to a historic start, you know, in his first, whatever, four or five starts. Brian Wu, after, you know, his first game, has really come into his own and brought the ERA down. But... It's so weird because, you know, Logan Gilbert after a start like this should be like, yeah, he's the number two. But you've got George Kirby and Luis Castillo on the team, you know, who any any one of those three guys, I think if we have all three of those guys by the end of next season, I think you can look at any three of those guys and be like, yeah, I don't know who the number one is. They pitch all so well, you know, um. You know, dare I say it, it's it's very early. It's very early, but <clears throat> it's not out of the realm of possibility that this could be, you know, the, the Mariners trio of Castillo, Kirby, and Gilbert could be the next, um, dare I say it, Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz pitching, you know, trio. 
Um, I, again, very early, very early. Gilbert's got some things he's got to work up on. and um, But, like, I, if we're pinpointing people, like, Kirby's kind of the Maddox. He can, you know, his command is so good. Um, you know, you can see Logan's probably more the John Smoltz type pitcher. That leaves Tom Glavin for, for Luis Castillo, which probably isn't the best, you know, best look. I mean, you know, Glavin had a heck of a curveball, and uh, Luis is more of a slider pitcher. But anyways, like, you know, it, it's just so good to look at those three and be like, I don't know who's the one, two, and three. Yeah, no. If you look at, if you look at pitching war, and you just went solely on pitching war, it'd go Kirby, Gilbert, Castillo. Because that's one, two, three in pitching war right now. Right, and I'd very much agree with you on the the similarities between um, between those three and the three you know Braves pitchers. I think there's I think there is a lot of similarity there, and um, I think and we've talked about a little bit about that before. And I uh, yeah, I think we we might be trending in that direction, um, and. We'll see if we can keep this core all together. What the what the off season mm-hmm. might be, what the off season might bring in terms of if we want to move one. But uh, no, right now we're just enjoying it, and uh, yeah, they're killing it. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Yep, yep. I will have to make a mental note of that uh, that recommendation. Off season, best p- pitching performances. I think in the same token. We should probably do uh, same hitting or same hitting performances, top ten hitting performances in a Mariners uniform. I think those are on deck now. I like those ideas. We're gonna save those. Coming to a podcast near you soon in the off season, obviously. Those those two podcasts. Speaking of which, do you know that four home runs in a game is more uh, rare than a perfect game? Did you know that? I, obviously, Cody sent you the picture. That was. I mean, I saw it. The I, rarest I, feat. I saw it somewhere else, but yes. Yeah, so just uh, if we're if we're precursing who might be on the best off- offensive Mariner performance of all time, but anyways, let's move on. Yep. Uh, actually, I got a trivia question before we move on to Wednesday's, Wednesday's game. Okay. Give me the last two Mariners that threw complete game shutouts. The last two Mariners that threw a complete game shutouts. And don't use your computer. Don't use it. The last two Mariners through a complete game shutouts. Um, uh, let me think. Um, do do like seven inning games count? No. Okay. And neither does George Kirby's eight inning game in Philly. Okay, that's where my mind was going. Um. Which wasn't a shutout, but anyways. Um, I'll go one is... Uh, I'll go I'll go probably Felix and Marco. You are not correct. <clears throat> I think the last one in the Mariners uniform was Yusei Kikuchi. Mm. And then in the same year, Mr. Mike Leak. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Right. 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 Interesting. Right. Shout out to the Mariners broadcast team on Tuesday. Um, I think it was the radio broadcast dropping that little tidbit. 
Um, how were you, were you watching Tuesday's game or were you listening to Tuesday's game? Uh, I was mostly watching it. I kind of had it on with the mute in the background, but yeah, I was watching it. Yeah. I, Gary Hill is slowly becoming one of my favorite broadcasters in that booth. Cause in the eighth inning, he's like, I'm, I'm on, I'm on handshake watch right now. You know, usually if you see Logan Gilbert giving handshakes and, and, uh, uh, you know, getting hugs, then he's probably out of the game. And then the ninth inning comes out and he goes, Oh my God, Logan's coming back out to the mound. <laughs> it was, it was a great call. Gary Hill. He seems to be coming into his own this season. Um, mm-hmm. I would really, really like to see him and, and Aaron Goldsmith team up just because Aaron's my favorite. And those two, and you know, Gary Hill is very insightful, brings the, he, he pulls the U bow. He, he brings the little nuggets of stats and like just the perfect balance to Aaron Goldsmith's like home run calls. So yeah, well, hopefully we get Blowers back at some point and that might free up guys to kind of move around a little bit more. So we'll see. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not saying anyone's doing a bad job. Angie, for as much flack she gets from Mariners fans, Angie's doing a heck of a job. I do like listening to her, you know, when she calls games. So, yeah, agreed. Yep. Back into the last game of this series, didn't go the Mariners' way, and you know it it was more of a you know offense didn't come out to play on Wednesday, but it wasn't a bad game pitching wise. Uh, two to two to zero loss to the Giants. Um, Tommy Malone, like we said earlier, um, got brought up to start, and you know didn't didn't have a bad outing outside of uh, you know not striking anyone out and having four walks. You know he only that only led to two runs, one of which was earned in four point one um, innings pitched. Yeah, maybe Tommy Malone. Um... Yeah, doing the things that, um, you know, playing his role pretty well, right? Being a guy that can kind of just come in and then throw some innings for the Mariners when they need it. And, uh, you know, did give up, I think, four walks in this game, but um, uh, I think pitched well enough on the side to kind of prevent some hard contact of, you know, still gave the Mariners a a chance to win the game. So, um, you know, it's exactly kind of what you want from a guy that's going to be a swing man that's kind of just moving in between AAA and the majors. And, uh yeah, he's just been such a consistent guy for us on that front. So, um, yeah, it was good to see, good to see him in this game. And he's a good option for us on that. I think continuing to go forward. Um, yeah, I mean, I still have my pitching. I'm the guy that I'm getting a little impressed with on the pitching side, but, uh, you know, I think Ty Adcock coming in after this and kind of getting a number of swings and whiffs, right. That's kind of my, if I was to take one positive from this game, that's the guy that I would choose. But um, yeah, I think overall, you, yeah, good. Do you think so? Ty Adcock currently is probably you would define him as a middle relief role, you know, coming in, not necessarily putting out fires, but coming in and giving uh, some quality innings in the middle innings. Do you think they make a switch? I know it's early, but do you think they make a switch after the All Star break where we can see him more take on a maybe an eighth inning role. I know we've got kind of a log jam of pitchers up top with, you know, Seawald, he's been closing Andres Munoz and Matt Brash. You think he's kind of fighting maybe Matt Brash for his spot a little bit? 
Um, yeah, I think so. Right. I think he's, he's probably closing in on it. I don't think he has as elite of a slider as brash. Right. Um, but, uh, I think it's still a pretty good slider from, from Adcock. And I think he is starting to, I think he's starting to probably give the Mariners some thoughts about giving him some more high leverage work, right? Just given that he hasn't given up an earned run the entire year. And, um, you know, does have that fastball slider combo that you just want to, um, a good fastball slider combo that you want from a reliever. So yeah, I think there's a case to be made that he should get some more high leverage stuff. Um, and Matt Brash has looked a little, a little wild at times. And we always talk about the inherited runner that ends up scoring on him. So um, yeah, maybe there's an argument to be made for Ty Adcock, but like you allude to, right. The Mariners have a lot of good high leverage options and Menunos and Topa and Brash himself. So um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with where Adcock is also, but if the, if the Mariners, you know, run those guys a lot, um, you know, I think they do have a good say to try to give Adcock a position here or there in, uh, those higher level situations. So he's looking really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would, I would argue the whole bullpen looked pretty well, um, <clears throat> after Tommy Malone came out of the game, Adcock went one and two thirds innings, gave up only one hit, struck out two. Topa came in for two thirds, gave up two hits. Um, but did K1. Sacedo um, came in in a, I'm pretty sure it was a bases loaded jam, went a third, but didn't allow anyone to score. And then Matt Festa came in to pitch the eighth inning, one inning, one hit, two strikeouts. Good to see Matt Festa back up. Um, it sounds like when he went down, uh, they were working on his cutter a little bit. So maybe we're going to see the cutter a little bit more out of Festa. But uh, overall, a, a pretty good pitching performance, and it, you know, it kind of got wasted on the Mariners' offense, kind of becoming a slog again. You know, only only seven hits offensively for the Mariners. Um, Crawford and Julio did their spot or did their thing at the top of the lineup. JP went two for four. Julio also went two for four. They both pushed their averages above two fifty, which is great to see. Yeah, I think there's, yeah, I think that's a very positive thing. Um, and, you know, everybody having a double in this game. Um, I think, I do not think we draw, we drew a walk in this game. We did not. Yeah, I, th- I not. thought that that was, yeah, we just didn't really have a whole, we didn't really give ourselves a whole lot of opportunities. And like the walks, I thought over this whole entire series were, were down just in, for everybody. So I think we the, the game plan was to try to help come out. I think swing it a little bit more. It's just, uh yeah, we didn't have any base runners really on in this game. I felt like, and um, yeah, just a just a very sloggy game. But yes, like I said, um, Julio very positive, JP very positive. Um, I think Cal Raleigh with a double as well. So um, I think there's some good things that come out of that. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't really get a whole lot. I think moving on the the plate discipline and getting the guys on base in this game. Yep. Yep. Team for team runners in scoring position 0 for 9, left on base 6. Uh, Teo grounded into a double play, went 0 for 4, so did Mike Ford. Um, you know, uh, not much to say offensively after that. I mean, it just, you know, you described the first two games as kind of being the Mariners of old, you know, having a close game on Monday, um, and then Tuesday coming in and really turning it on. I would argue that this has been the epitome of like this whole series was the epitome of 2023 Mariners having a close game, 
blowing someone out and then getting, you know, no offense the next game. That's been the story of the 2023 Mariners. But I got to stay positive with this because they did win two or three from a very good National League team, Giants. You know, they're they're battling the uh, Dodgers who are in third currently and the Diamondbacks who are in first kind of for, um, you know, the NL West crown. So um, good, good performance overall by the Mariners this this series. Good performance, and um, uh, you know I think this continues a little bit of a stretch of a couple runs in a row, wins in a row, and um, you end up with a loss in this game. But um, you know I think like like we said, the Mariners need to go on a stretch of when they win a number of games out of you know a a number of games. About <laughs> as dumb as that sounds, uh, but uh, yeah, I think this was a good series to kind of get some of those and you know, a little momentum going into the uh into the houston series yeah and it's gonna be a big series um this is the this is the last series before the all-star break and uh the mariners want to go into the all-star break over 500 and um the astros are a little bit banged up right now Jordan's not there um framber who's gonna start game three most likely he's been battling injuries um, but we're not seeing the best of the best for the Astros pitching wise. Um, Kirby is facing in game one, Spencer Watkins game two is Luis Castillo versus Hunter Brown game three is going to, I think game three might be the best game of the series. Brian Wu versus Framber, Framber Valdez. And then, um, Sunday's game, the last game before the all-star break, Logan Gilbert versus Brandon Bila. So we're not seeing the best of the best with the Astros pitching, but, um, you know, we've got to be wary of their offense. They've got Kyle Tucker. Who's a, uh, he was an all-star, um, Jose Altuve always seems to hurt the Mariners. It seems like, um, but they don't have Jordan, which is a positive. I don't have Jordan. Jordan's probably not gonna be back till <clears throat> middle of July or so. And, uh, definitely watching this series. Cause I think, um, yeah, you know, the last series that we played against them, there were um I don't think the bench is clear, but there were some some chirping going on and um yeah, I think we've said before, I think these teams there's something about these teams that I think they I think they just they want to go at it. And um I think the something that we'll definitely watch in this series cuz I think these two teams just don't really like each other a whole lot. So, um just uh just something to watch there um but yeah no this could be a, this would be an important series uh i think hunter yeah hunter brown versus and framber the next day is going to be a little tough um but uh yeah we've got i mean I, I i think i'm at a point now and i don't know how you feel right with all four of these guys that we've got going i think we've got a good chance to at least you know keep the astros at bay and mm-hmm. um yeah, hopefully we can get the at bats to to keep going a little bit. And um, yeah, I'm looking for Julio, man. Julio's the guy I'm just looking for. I think he's I think he's getting close to. He's had a couple of good strings of games here, and I think he's the guy that I'm really watching. That I just hope he you know is able to get one out of the ballpark. I think in this series, I think that would be a very positive sign. So um, should be a good series. Yep. I feel like the last couple series, I've let out a bold prediction. So here's my bold prediction. Mike Ford does not have one home run, not two home runs. Mike Ford's going to have 
three home runs. Wow. On that right field porch that is Minute Maid Park. So Bold. That's my bold prediction. Bold. Yes. All right, we'll take it. What's what uh what pitching matchup are you looking forward to? I, I said mine was Wu versus Framber. Um, I'll probably go with Luis Castillo versus Hunter Brown. Um Hunter Brown right now is probably trending towards the rookie of the year award in the AL, I would think right now. Um, Mm -hmm. So he's probably the guy that um, probably going to watch the most. And then Luis, I kind of want to see what Luis has in store after kind of his last outing where he gave up a number of runs against the Rays. But um, I think overall, you know, pitched a little better in terms of the command side of things, like didn't walk as many hitters. So I'll see what kind of Luis has got in store for us. So that'd be my game. I'm, you know, most looking forward to. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Bill, you were all excited when I hopped in this call this morning because, like I said, we normally do prospect corner at the end of the show. We've been doing draft preview the last few. But was it, you said Fangraphs released the mock draft? Yeah, so Eric Long and Hangate on Fangraphs did put out his uh, just his mock draft just this morning. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I feel like some of the mock drafts are just kind of picking, like, the player for one team but like this guy was he was able to give us like all the picks the mariners are gonna make in the first round right so like um he did put uh he did put matt shaw as the kind of the first pick for the mariners going number 22 um and i think it i think it does buy into this thought that we think the mariners are probably going to go a college bat that's closer to being ready than a couple other ones. Right. Um, and Matt Shaw was a second baseman out of Maryland. Um, <clears throat> but they say that he hits the ball very hard, right. Which is a Mariner, which the Mariners really like to see. Um, <clears throat> you know, he did hit, I think 24 home runs from Maryland in this last year, I think had, um, good for a 341 average with a, a 697 slug. So, um, you know, going to be a little defensive limited, I think, to, to second base. But I think overall, a power hitting second baseman is something we could certainly really want right now. Um, again, Matt Shaw probably still going to take him a year or two or plus, depending on you know how the bat develops to get to the majors. But um, that's kind of who he picked first. Um, and then, uh, yeah, number 29, not to call our own, not to do our own horror here, but he did have Kevin McGonigal, who we picked last um, week as our kind of guy that we covered um, the shortstop out of Pennsylvania. Um, and then he did put Johnny Farmello as an outfielder from, um, from Virginia as our kind of 30th pick in the draft and don't have a lot of details on him. Um, but a, uh, I think it was a, let me see real quick, a left-handed bat, if I remember correctly. Yeah, left-handed bat out of West Virginia. Um, kind of high variance on him, right? Um, they could go a lot of different ways, but um, I think offense is the name of the game. That's probably where the Mariners are going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if the Mariners go. Um, anyway, I'm trying to think. We're actually, this is the this is the last podcast we'll record before the draft on Sunday, I think. I'm, I'm sure. I don't, yep. But yep. um yeah, I'm assuming I'm, I'm guessing the Mariners go three hitters um, with their first three picks. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you get two college hitters and maybe one high school hitter. I think that kind of makes the most sense right now um, for what the Mariners are looking for. Take like two lower risk one with a higher variance one in a in a like a middle you know, like a shortstop or an outfielder of some sort. So kind of where I'm anticipating the Mariners go, um, you know, these guys, Matt Shaw, Tommy Troy, 
Noah Chanel all on the board for the Mariners. I think they would all be decent picks and, um, you know, could help the Mariners, I think, sooner rather than later, just given some of the the talent of this draft class and what they might end up, uh, you know, moving through the ranks pretty quickly. So um, should be fun to watch on Sunday. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we might be there. I don't think we've got confirmation yet, but uh, we're trying to get invited to the MLB draft. It is a like an invite only thing, and we're trying to get there. But if we do, we're going to have tons of fun and we'll see who the Mariners end up picking, you know, with the 22nd, 29th and 30th pick. It is at Lumen Field. Um, For all of you that don't know Seattle very well, um, T-Mobile is sits there and then just the next building over is Lumen. So they're very close. You could literally throw a rock between the two or a baseball and hit the other. So, um, you know, we'll try to be there. We'll see. We still got to get invited. You know, I'm waiting for that email to say we were invited. But, um, well, this is the last podcast we have before we kind of start our all-star experience festivities. You got anything to add before we get out of here? I don't think so. Can't wait for the all-star game. Really looking forward to it, man. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait. Friend of the show, Cody Esman, is going to be with us in Seattle. We're going to try to get him on the show. I want some uh, some fireworks to kind of um, fly between him and Bo. Um, so you might see that. I don't know. Monday's episode. We'll see. But um, like I said, we're going to have fun. And hopefully you kind of stick with us. And we will uh, um, you know, bring you some, some fun stuff from the All-Star game. So for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond... Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.